0: Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us, and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. Today, we welcome our guest, David Moore. Well, what a privilege to welcome a good friend, David Moore II. And uh, Dave, uh, we're going to say a little bit more about you in a minute, but I just want to say you are welcome to be joining this little podcast today. So welcome, Dave.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Randy. I really appreciate coming on. Thanks for this opportunity.
0: Well, we've been friends for a number of years. I really admire this guy. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. He's originally from California, now living in West Michigan. Probably a little bit cooler than what uh, you'd experience there in California. Uh, Attended attended California State University at Northridge, (laughs) studying journalism, creative writing, and music. Later, uh, Dave obtained Associate of Biblical Studies degree from Karis Bible College, located in Woodland Park, Colorado. I've known Dave uh, for a number of years. He's an accomplished writer. He's worked with Andrew Womack Ministries as a content supervisor for a number of years. Uh, he also does other writing projects and uh but what I find particularly exciting about Dave, he's been married to his dear wife, Dwell, for now 19 years. Together they parent eight really amazing kids. It's fun to, to see your kids. They got such spunk and heart. Isn't it? It's one daughter and the rest are sons. Am I right in that one?
1: Oh, yes. That's great.
0: Isn't that interesting? Wow. <laughs> we, we, we have a little more balance in our fam. <laughs> yeah. You lead a local home fellowship, you have a passion to reach the westernized church with what we, we both agree is a real prophetic gifting that God's given you by His Spirit. So again, welcome, Dave, good to have you here on our little podcast.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me on, it's great. Great. Well, let's start
0: a little bit with, with the, the children thing, you know, it's somebody to have eight kids, of course, Marsh and I only have 12, <laughs> but we had them uh, in an earlier age. Things have gotten progressively more complicated um, as, as uh, parents, as families, just our culture, as is, is, we'll be talking about it. It's just, it's not real pleasant here in our country today. And so, a lot of folks, I, I read an article just a, a couple days ago. People are choosing not to have children just because of the chaos in our culture today. But, you know, you've got eight. And uh, um, what, 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 what's your sense? I mean, how confident are you that you can raise these daughter and sons to, to truly be a a woman and and men of God? How how confident are you that you and your wife can make that happen in our in our increasingly crazy culture.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's tough. You know, uh, one minister once said, uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it seems like it's easier to raise the dead than raise children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that, but, uh, but I, I, cause I think that, you know, we're equipped. We have, uh, it's in our nature to be like the father, um, to be like, you know, the heavenly parent, right. Mm. Uh, uh and so I think it, it takes god's grace to do that um we we i don't know if i if I would say confident, but I would definitely say you know that uh uh by God's grace, I want to be a good steward of what he's given me, and that he's equipped both my wife and i to to be those parents and um you know it's 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 tough if you i think you know one of the other things I say too is that um parent is is a verb <laughs> and that you have to parent <laughs> yes. Uh, and so uh it it takes intentionality um to to do that and really you you really can't do it without god if you're trying to parent without god and without god's ways and uh, not following his prescriptions in the word of god then mm. i think it's going to be a lot tougher on you and yep. i probably discourage his parents
0: i mean we we all i mean if you're like us and i trust you are i mean we made many mistakes as parents but we attempted Again, to follow, you know, what does God teach in Scripture, in Proverbs, in Ephesians, and so on, about being a good dad and Marcia being a good wife, dwell your wife being a good mom and and wife and uh, and when we blow it, to have the guts to step up to that three-year-old, five-year-old, whatever, and to say, "Daddy was wrong. Would you please forgive me for not, you know, for losing my temper or maybe not following through as I said that we were going to, whatever." And just keeping open channels and and uh, uh, trusting God, praying for our kids. Don't you think prayer is pretty important too? <laughs> as far as Absolutely. I, mean,
1: I get the opportunity also to be with my kids more so maybe than the average dad because mm. I'm from home. And so I get to spend, you know, uh, just a lot of time being there, raising them and discipling them, really. Yep. We look at it, that we're making disciples with our kids here. and. Uh, I, I think that prayer absolutely is, is and just spending time in the word with them uh, and just taking it a day at a time, you know, um, mm-hmm. about everything in the world, but just what do you need to do today to be the parent that God has made you to be today? You know? That's good.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, you are a writer and you're able to do much of that writing from home, which is an advantage as far as time that you, you are able to, to spend with your kids. But again, I've seen your kids quite a few times and I'm just, I'm impressed that that, that something good is, is happening. And, and I'm, I'm excited for them and for you. So anything mm-hmm. else that you'd want to tell uh, parents out there or maybe a married couple that's thinking, oh boy, should we really, should we have any children in this terribly complicated, crazy culture in which we live? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say, yes, we, we need more married couples having children. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know I mean, if you can be saying this, how how biblical we can look at it, you know, for parents not having children, if they're unable to. That's one thing. Yes. If they if they are able, uh, I think God intends for us all to have children. Um, And so I would say, yeah, you can do it. Go for it. Jump on in. The water's fine. (laughs) You're going to you're going to make mistakes. You have to know that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. But right. uh, You you pray. You take it a day at a time. You know. Interact with your kids, and I'm really good about, you know, as you said, you know, hey, I'm sorry if, if you make a mistake, you apologize for it, don't yep. uh, let that discourage you from making the kinds of decisions that you need to make
0: mm-hmm.
1: for your child. So um, I say, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it.
0: I love it, and you know, as someone has said, children are messages that we send to a time and a place that we ourselves cannot go. They're like missionaries to the future, and I, I don't see any discipleship. That's more important than you know putting the, the 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 person of Christ and his power and his truth into these children and then sending them off and it's it's really and now am I'm, I'm a few years ahead of you, you know, and to see our kids now married and having children of their own and living for Jesus all around the country I mean there's nothing that gives me a greater joy in fact we were together with a daughter at Thanksgiving. Actually, a couple daughters, but we're at one daughter's house, and I just got emotional just looking in their faces and seeing them pursuing the Lord. You know, and I thought of that scripture from Third John: "I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in the truth, and for them to be walking." I mean, it's just it. Oh, thank God! He gets all the glory, um, and and we get the joy. So. We, we can't be cowardly. It takes courage to be open to having a child, as you you probably know very well. But God will be there, and he will bless you. And uh, so I, I agree with what you're saying. Thanks for sharing those things. That's great. You you talk, uh, you know, in, in your um, little bio that you have a prophetic gifting. Describe that a little bit more. Unpack that a little bit, would you?
1: Yeah, Um I, I've um, I, I believe that God has called me to be, um, a, as you said, you know, a missionary to this generation. You know, yes, um, to to speak the truth of God, uh, to proclaim uh, what God's word is saying uh, in a very relevant way to the church today. Um, and I believe that uh, the things I'm saying will be, uh, you know, uh, predictive. That there there will be some there will be things that I'll say that I believe will come to pass. But things, so it won't just be things that are just like, hey, you need to repent or you need to, you know, do this or that or let's conform. But usually a prophetic gift is is trying to get people to align with God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's usually, usually what it is. Uh, and it's it's it talks about the future. Uh, they talk about the future. And, of course, they talk about things uh, present. Um, but uh, ultimately, there will be things that will be patterns uh, in the scriptures. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, to, to, to speak forth the truth in love. To the people around you, uh, you can discern, I think, motives in people with that that gifting. And uh, so, well, let's look at, take a good look at the American church uh, in our time. What do you sense? What what needs to be said? What would God want to say to the the church in our time, the American church? How, how's it doing? What kind of grade would it get? What 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 do you sense God wants to say, David?
1: Yeah, uh I um I've been thinking about this uh a lot because I think about the American church, and I don't know that it would be a general grade for the church uh because I think just as you read in uh, the book of Revelation, chapters two and three, mm-hmm. different messages to the different churches. And so yes. there's different grades or different mm-hmm. or however you want to put it, you know, uh, depending on the audience. Um and so I don't know that there would be a general
0: uh, That's fine. No, that, that's fine. So, uh, I mean, there are some places where it seems you know Christians are all in and are on fire and sharing the gospel and living it. Um, in other places, not so much. Just kind of, uh, kind of bored. Yeah, I, I go to church a couple times a month, whatever. Um, so again, g- give what thoughts you do have about sure. what. and the typical, you know, the average, if you would, American Christian, what would you want to say to that person?
1: I think on on the whole, um, you know, he's going to say things as we, and and you've talked about this before, too, Randy, uh, you know, that things that Jesus said to the church in in Laodicea, you know, um, that, you know, I know your works, that you're either hot or cold, and and things like this, and that, um, you know, you're saying you're this, you're saying you're that, but really you're poor, wretched, blind, poor, and naked, you know, naked, these kind of things, um, that he wouldn't say this necessarily to everybody but i think that uh, a large part of, of uh, what i see what the god the gifting that god has given me uh, comes from within the church even though there are problems without you know whether you look at politics or whatever is going on um, there are definitely challenges but god has, has called me to address the, the issues within the church and i, I see a, a church that would certainly receive a similar you know word even as you know, Jesus spoke to the church of Laodicea. Um, I don't think that's everybody, but I, I think it, that he's going to say those kinds of things. Uh, And that's uh, really, is the, it's a call to to c- come back and to conform to the ways of God, you know. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think I, that that's
1: I, needed for, because you talk about revival. I think this is what's needed if we're going to see true change.
0: Yeah. So that you would say that... In, in general, the American church is like that church of Laodicea, and, and you're not the only person I've interviewed that has come to that conclusion. So I, I really sense that God is circling that, that, that we're lukewarm, that, uh, you know, that, that we, we think we're rich in need of nothing, you know, we got it together, we're the American church, but Jesus says, no, but he says, I still love you, those whom I love, I rebuke and, and discipline. And he says, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. I don't want to come in and yell at you. I want I to want fellowship with you. I love you. And those who, you know, do repent and recover, he says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sit on my throne with me, you know, up here in, up, up here in heaven. But you got, you got a job to do. And, Actually, uh, it's,
1: it's it's always yeah. an invitation is what I would say, you know, Randy. I mean when Jesus is saying these things, people look, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. this guy would say you know the church is in this state, and that you know Jesus would ever say these things. They're in the Bible first of all, but, but the other thing is uh is that this is always an invitation you know the, the, he, He's not saying this with rejection in his voice, That's right, that's right, he's beckoning us and inviting us in and inviting to have relationship mm. with him. He says you know open the door, I stand at the door and knock, yeah. yeah. Looking to to draw us in, but he's not going to be you know he's going to be honest about where we are too. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we don't need to we don't need to um, accept where we are, but we do need to understand where we are if we're gonna if we're gonna see change.
0: Yeah, and so you know you look at the statistics of the number of pastors that are wanting to leave you know get out of the ministry. It's been painful, and COVID, of course, has added to that pain. we we have we have the, the, the sins around us of you know the love of of stuff and comfort, the the pornography issue. Uh, you know, high number of Christian men struggle in this area, and I, I know every Christian man needs help. I mean, I, I'll say that I do that need help to keep a, a pure mind and eyes and so on. I mean, with all the attractions and, and stuff that's on phones and everything else. Just we need each other. We need God's power on a daily basis. Um, any yeah. thoughts down, down those lines?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think, um, well, there's, there's a number of things that, you know, fronts that I think we as the church need to address, and I think we're going to, I mean, the Bible says to encourage each other or exhort each other daily,
0: Mhm-, yes,
1: today, unless you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin-
0: mm-hmm.
1: church is going to struggle with sin and be handicapped by by sin if we don't develop you know a, a sense of community uh or you know and just you know uh, and just a co- just clusters
0: mm-hmm. of
1: fellowship in an actual you know true biblical church, even as we see in the book of acts, you know um, yeah, we need each other if we're going to survive and, and that we can't we don't need to encourage each other today and we're gonna we're not going to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I mean, that's, that's in direct opposition to what the word says. We need community and we need to build uh, environments like this that help us to that nurture that community, that help us to, to stay strong together. Um,
0: that's good. That's good. That's
1: I mean, we, we've got the American church on independence, but that's really not what uh, the, biblical, is the biblical model we see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We need each other if we're going to survive.
0: Yeah, that's really good. You cannot live the Christian life by yourself. We need each other. That's really good. Now, you and I are in a little men's gathering. We do it via a phone because one of our members is in the upper peninsula of Michigan, which is kind of the other side of the world in some ways. But um, um, and, and then you have a, a weekly a gathering in your home, right? I mean, you have kind of a awesome. home church sort of a thing, similar to kind of the early church. The first century church had a lot of those little gatherings around. So that's that's what you do. Yes. Rather than attend a larger, um, more established congregation.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, we we do that. We've been doing it for years now. Um, just uh, kind of searching through the scriptures and, and fellowshipping and sharing food together, and uh, and and really just trying to to get back to what we see uh, as a biblical model. Uh, not to just you know um, just you know we're not against you know other church models or anything, mm-hmm. but. Um, we're just doing what we have a conviction about, uh, and it's been good. It's been healthy, and uh, we're, we're going through the Book of Romans right now. So it's been a good time, good study.
0: That's great. That's great. So you know, so you're not opposed to larger gatherings, you know, in churches. But this no. is what God has called you to do. Is that right?
1: Well, I think that Jesus, you know, he had uh, bigger groups. You know, he there, there's yep. the that he even fed you know, a, a multitude of people that were following, uh, that was following him. Um, so absolutely, I, I think that uh, there is there is definitely a need for larger groups to gather, you know. Um, I do see that when Jesus was making, if he was actually the disciples, he was actually able to make, I mean, the 12, I mean, those, that was a smaller group, and then he obviously had, you know, the three with Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that if if we're going to get, if we're going to disciple, it's hard to do that with a, with a really large group.
0: Right. No, I agree with that. Yep. No, that that's absolutely true. That's yeah. good. so. So, how how optimistic are you that we're going to see the awakening, the revival that you know we've been praying for for a number of years?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I I don't know that we are going to see it in the near future. I, I think there's there needs to be change, and I think a lot of it depends on us. You know, uh, it's 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 a condition type of thing. Uh, will uh you know like I said I minister to the you know the westernized church will we see in the west uh, a change or turn um, uh, not politically but spiritually um, uh, and you know uh, I don't know that I don't see right now that we are going in that direction um, i it, I think it's possible um, but I think it, that it depends upon us to to change to to so that God you know will see the things that God would, would like to do in our lives Um So, yeah, I I think the jury's still out on that, you know?
0: All right. So is it going to take, is it going to take opposition, persecution, more pain to drive us to that point?
1: That's a good question. Cause we, you know, I've studied revivals too. And I've I I know that uh, when there has been persecution and and opposition to the church that, uh, you know, we do see the church thrive uh, in those environments. So, um, it could, it, that could be something that uh, wakes people up. Um, I don't know that, uh, I do think persecution is coming. Uh, will that be the catalyst for revival? Um, certainly. I think we're. I think there's definitely going to be fruit that God will use out of that, you know, yeah. to what degree, how large will it be? You know, I don't know. A lot of times we see revivals uh, in pockets, you know, it's not like sure. it yes. starts somewhere and will that wave extend all the way from coast to coast? You know, I don't know. Um, but uh, it certainly happens in pockets in different places around the country. Mm-hmm. We just need a big enough wave for people to catch the flame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and certainly I think persecution is, is big enough to to create that. Uh, and I do think persecution is coming. So that's one thing I do know is coming. And so that if that is that an indication of revival is soon to follow, uh, it could be, you know. So, uh,
0: well, again, you, you know, you've got eight kids. Marcia and I have 12, 35 grandkids. I don't want persecution to come for their sake. You know, I don't want pain to be brought to the ones I love. And yet this life is short. This is not heaven. And at the end of the day, we do want to see God win. So if that means that I have to go through pain and see the pain come to the ones I love, that's a hard one. But we do want to see God win and his kingdom come and, People come to Christ that don't know him, and that's what happens in awakenings. So my own mm-hmm. sense is I look to China and Iran and mm-hmm. Afghanistan now and North Korea. The church in those countries is growing maybe because of persecution. Who knows? Maybe persecution is a catalyst. I mean, it, it, it drives you the fork in the road. Am I going to be all in with Jesus or am I going to you know, bail, you know, give up? And whereas in America we could just kind of float around a little bit, we have been able to without the persecution and just be a nice Christian rather than a wholehearted Christian. So my own sense is that it, that persecution probably is coming, and I think it could be a, a positive thing in the long run.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, and I I think that persecution will possibly. Eliminate, I mean, the Bible does say when persecution comes for the word's sake, they fall away. So, yeah. there's going to be a division that comes as a result of persecution. Uh, and so, may, like you say, maybe the nominal Christians in, in that area who are like, just you know, like you said, uh, well, you know, I, I just want, I don't think there should ever be any opposite anything like this. They fall away because they were expecting something different from Christianity than what um, is coming due to persecution. Uh, and so you're going to see maybe those who actually do want to stick around, you know, uh, uh, actually be, you know, uh, be part of that revival. So, um, I, I, like I said, I think there's, there's probably a lot of people in the church today who uh, are, they say they're Christian, but when it comes down to it, they're going to forsake it and, and, uh, and go the other way. That's Mm the sad reality. But I mean, I think that that's the Bible says it. it, I think it's a clear indication of what, what happens with persecution is a positive side. And then, I mean, I guess the other side is positive, too, because it is edifying. It, it is actually building the true mm-hmm. church, getting rid of, you know, what's actually shouldn't be there, what's not a part of the church. And then you see something purified there. You see something actually that's been refined, you know, uh, something beautiful that comes out of that. Uh, and then that's, that's when the church can really shine, you know, so.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, I really appreciate, you know, your ministry, your heart your writing ability and I just want to encourage you to use that whether it's produce a book or whatever else you also do some some uh video things yourself of teaching and uh, and I, I just commend you for that brother and uh, for the way you're pursuing your you know in, in your marriage you're raising your kids you're an incredible example dave and and uh, i'm I'm grateful for you Anything else you want to add before uh, we close?
1: Oh well, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm just desiring to be to get back to what we see in Scripture, Randy, and to uh, I just I want I want to really believe this thing and go after this thing that we see, Uh, and I want to get closer. And so um, that's that's really I mean if I can lead and be an example to others, I'm glad to do that. I'm glad to do that, especially for my children. Um, but uh, we're in an interesting time, and I'm, uh, I guess it's good to be alive. It's good that I mean I don't know why God chose us for this hour, but that's right. It's uh, it's it's um, uh, I'm here to be a part of it. Uh, I'm here for a long time, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on here to just talk about these kinds of things. So,
0: well, I love you. I love you, brother. And I wonder if you would close us in
1: prayer. Certainly. Thank you, God. I just um, Father, we just uh, come to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Randy and this this uh, podcast that's going out to Lord to viewers and listeners, and I just pray that um, that uh, they will have ears to hear um, what you are saying, uh, and that uh, that your voice would ring through hearts um, that they would be open to you and your spirit and your leading, uh, to be part of you know uh, of a revival to come. Lord God, I pray that they would uh, would be awakened themselves that it starts yes. with person, uh, and that they would begin to to move uh, by your spirit and by your grace. Uh, to be a witness uh, in this hour. I uh, just bless Randy. Thank you, Lord, for what he's doing, reaching people uh, uh, with your word and with truth and with things that are relevant today about uh, speaking to the American church. Thank you, Lord, for his, his ministry and his pride and what they're doing in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. God bless you, brother.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: God. to you soon. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.